Hey y'all, get under the covers and get comfortable because we're about to get intimate. No, not that kind of intimate, but close. Did you know that three of the most intimate conversations we can have are sex, mental health, and finances? Probably didn't expect that last one, did you? Financial challenges are actually one of the leading causes of divorce and stress today. A big reason? We don't talk about it. At least not thoroughly, anyhow. That's where I come in. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Marie, a certified wealth coach, best-selling author, and the creator of Bedroom Talks. Get Financially Intimate a podcast focused on bringing awareness to the importance of financial intimacy and enticing openness to get real in a judgment-free zone. Together, we're going to cover a multitude of financial topics so you can leap toward financial freedom with confidence. Are you ready? Grab your wine or whatever drink you prefer and let's unrobe this topic. Hello. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. And welcome back to the Bedroom Talks podcast, where we get financially intimate. Today, I want to talk to you about steps to having a successful year. As we start this new year, many of us are focused on goals. We're focused on how can we not only make sure that we'll have a successful year, but what things do I want to do this year that will ensure that will happen? A lot of us have already created some goals. Maybe for you, you've listed out some things related to fitness or your personal life. I know I've seen a lot of people listing out books that they want to read for the year. Maybe you have financial goals or fitness goals. Maybe for you, you've Come up with resolutions to say, I'm not going to do such and such anymore. Maybe you have a word for the year. There are so many different ways to come up with a way to be successful. And with that, It can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Sometimes there are so many different ways to do things that it's like an information overload situation. It can cause frustration. It can cause confusion. There's so many different things and feelings that can come up. 
maybe for you as you are starting your year and you're looking at what you want to accomplish this year and how you want to end this year. Maybe it's in relation to your fitness and health goals. Maybe it's in relation to your personal life. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's finances. There may even be some of you who haven't even been able to start thinking about it yet and putting any thoughts to paper because the place that you're at where you're, you're trying to come up with these things has you in like a, a holding space where there's, there's a block, so to speak. This happens a lot when we're in, in school and we're writing papers and, you know, we can have a topic and we're like, okay, I'm going to write about this topic and I have these few points and you go to start writing down your stuff. And there's so much information out there that you're like, wait a second, hold on. <laughs> I don't know what to do here. I can't come up with the words. Like sometimes you can have the words. But it's just not like everything's just not coming together. This also happens a lot when we're sitting down trying to put our money management system together. Maybe we're sitting there looking at the Excel spreadsheet and it's there's just so many different things on it and if you click the wrong button it can mess something up or you're sitting there with a pile of bills and you're not sure how it's all going to fit together We're in this, in this space where I'm looking at everything and I'm like, okay, I can, I can do the notebook and write everything down. But if I mess up, I have to erase it. And that's going to look messy. And I can't quite see it in an organized way that helps me understand. So if I use a spreadsheet, I can see things a little bit better. I can understand things a little bit better. But every time I click this button, it messes something up and I don't know how to fix it because I'm not an Excel person. I'm looking at these, these bills. Some of them I haven't even opened because I don't even want to see the amounts because I don't know how I'm going to make it work. 
And I really wish my spouse was sitting here with me doing this because just sometimes it's nice to have somebody else to talk this out with. Or if you're single, I wish I had somebody to sit down and do this with me. I don't know how I'm going to make it work. It's all confusing and it's frustrating. And I just can't move forward. I just can't, I just can't do this today. I'm just not, I just don't want to do this today. Maybe I'll try tomorrow. Maybe it's your fitness goals and you see everybody else posting about their great fitness routine and you've tried at least 10 of them before and you want to try something new or you just want to try to, you know, get back into it and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to the gym for, you know, three or four days a week and you start trying to do it. There's not really a routine or you're following the steps that somebody else suggested that you take and what they do just doesn't work for your schedule and you're not sure how to move around it and they're adamant that you have to do it that way. And you just don't understand why it works for them, but it doesn't work for you. And so you say, forget it. Not even going to try. What this is called, this process, this place of having these, these feelings and then coming to this point of saying, never mind. It's analysis paralysis. It's a place, a state of overthinking to where we literally become paralyzed either mentally or physically from moving forward in that task. Sometimes both. And I don't know about you, but in 2023, I'm ready to say good riddance to the things that are no longer beneficial for me, to the things that are not helpful to allowing me to have a successful year, to allowing me to accomplish the dreams and the goals that I desire. I'm ready to say good riddance to analysis paralysis because I am going to have a great year and I'm going to accomplish my goals. So how do we do that? How do we come through this analysis process and allow ourselves 
to be able to flourish and accomplish our goals. I love doing research. I'm sure it would make sense for me to enjoy doing research, but I just love doing research. I love combining my personal experiences to research and enhancing my understanding. And this is one of those topics where I was like, okay, I can take my personal experiences and talk about them, but I need to go deeper. I need to provide further insight, not only for me, but also for you all. So I found a bit of research from Becky Kane, and it's called The Science of Analysis Paralysis. And it talks about how overthinking kills your product productivity. Literally. Decreases your productivity to the point where it, it just erases it. It can do that. Some of the things talked about in here is. How being in a state of analysis paralysis can. cause you to be essentially in a state of overthink overthinking to where it holds you back and holds you back from from accomplishing your 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 tasks at hand and, and what the example we just walked through a couple minutes ago is the perfect depiction of that we're overthinking everything that's going on that we just stop and just say, never mind. We have a tendency when we're in this state of mind to have a decreased performance in our personal lives, in things that we enjoy, in our workplaces, in our relationships. When we're constantly overthinking, we are so like that overthinking is so much in control that it's decreasing the, the performance of the things around us. The things that are most beneficial for us. You see this in workplaces a lot when people are stressed out. When, when someone is doing something and the task takes over and or the overthinking takes over and they're like, I, I, I don't know what to do. They tend to make more mistakes. We, we see this a lot in the mornings when we're getting ready and the kids aren't cooperating and we're, we're, we're already running a few minutes behind and then we spill the coffee on our shirt or the dog poops on the floor or something of that nature. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is, how am I gonna make, oh, how am I gonna, like, all of this overthinking takes over and we, we, we panic, we get frustrated, we get confused and we're like, how am I going to do this? How am I gonna do this? The difference in, that situation versus 
the specific, specific example of analysis paralysis is that when you have to go to work, you obviously you're forced to do that. You know that there is a paycheck coming. You know that you need that thing. So you are forced to go to work. You, you know that you have to, so you do it anyways. When it comes to our goals and uh, certain other things that are not like, you know, we have to do this. So I'm going to push through it anyways. Um, where it's easier for us to be in that analysis paralysis state of mind and not move forward through it because there's no tangible outcome that is forcing us to push through. And when this happens, we end up not only having decreased productivity, but we lose creativity. We as human beings are naturally, um, we do and learn and, and evolve through our five senses. And a lot of us learn in different ways, understand in different ways, and one of our senses might be more enhanced, not enhanced, but like I'm a visual person, like very visual. I'm also verbal. So when I process and I learn and I understand, visualizations and verbalizations are better for me to receive and to give. But that might not be the same for everybody. Maybe you just need to hear things. There's different ways. Um, people who are uh, a chef, you, in order for you to learn the right ingredients to put in the recipes, you have to taste. Musicians have to not only feel with their hands, they have to listen as well. Right? And when we are stuck in this place of overthinking on it, we will do less of those things. So our, our creativity isn't thriving and allowing us to move through that. And because of those things, we end up losing our willpower to even try. And when we lose our willpower to try, we have decreased joy and happiness. So, how do we, how do we stop this? How do we say good riddance to analysis paralysis? and the things that are no longer beneficial for us. How do we move forward in that? Well, I believe I found 
some practical steps to help us all work through this. And I'm going to start with this quote by Colin Powell. And it says, good and solid analysis and a formal way of looking at a problem are the core ingredients of good decisions. Good and solid analysis and a formal way of looking at a problem are the core ingredients of good decisions. We want to make good decisions in order to have a successful year. And good goals will help us to do that. So how do we have a good and solid analysis? By the way, analysis is good. We should analyze. We don't want to be a state of be in a state of overanalyzing, but we should analyze. So how do we have a good and solid analysis? And what is a formal way of looking at things? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 gives us some clarity on this. The NIV version, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trusting is hard, but trusting is good. And lean not on your own understanding. A good and solid analysis. Trust is good. Solid analysis. Solid analysis is not always just looking at your own perspective. Sometimes we have to look at another perspective. Sometimes we have to think outside the box. And in order to think outside the box, we have to understand what somebody else how somebody else views the situation. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. A good and solid analysis and a formal way of looking at a problem. Trust in the Lord, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Hmm. The formal way of looking at things is to submit. Maybe it's not just submitting to what 
the Lord might want for your life or how the Lord might say for you to do it. Maybe it's just submitting to the process. Submitting to the commitment. Submitting to the de dedication. Submitting to yourself. But that word submit. Mm, that's a hard word. That's a hard word. You know, there's another version of the Bible that I love. It's the Holman Christian Standard Version. And I love it because there are some other words that they use sometimes that really just broadens my understanding. And I like to be able to look at things from various perspectives. And this is a perfect example of that. This one says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. Doesn't say not to consider your own understanding. Just don't rely solely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight. Submitting is something that you do when you know, like, and trust. Know the Lord. Know your spouse. Know yourself. Know the process. Like it and trust it. And actually, to take that a step further, the definition of submitting is a yielding process. It's a pause. It's a place of stopping, understanding, evaluating before you move forward. And that is exactly how we move through analysis paralysis. We stop, we pause. It's important I've learned over the last couple of years in my healing journey in general that ignoring my feelings and acting like they're not there is not helpful for me at all. It's not helpful for me and it's not helpful for other people. I don't like the person I am when I hold on to my feelings because they eventually come out in ways that I don't like. And it prevents me from having the life that I desire and accomplishing the things that I desire. So one of the things that I learned that also applies to moving through this analysis paralysis is to recognize how you're feeling. Recognize that the feelings are there. Don't ignore them. Acknowledge them. Acknowledge whether it's 
frustration, confusion. Maybe there's some guilt there. Maybe there's anger. Maybe there's somebody else that you want to be a part of this process for you that isn't there, isn't supporting you. Maybe you're frustrated with yourself because you should have done this last year. Acknowledge those feelings. Talk them out. Write it out. Whatever works for you. If you have an accountability partner or if, if you can sit down and talk with your spouse, talk it out. Talk with them. Help them to understand the whys behind what you're feeling and what you're wanting to do. And then it's important to consider the various ways. Maybe you've been trying to just do it your own way and you haven't quite looked at other options. Maybe other options have presented to you, but you haven't tried them. Or maybe you have five different options in front of you, ways that you can do things, and you're like, how in the world? I don't understand, I don't know which one. Take one at a time, look at the pros and cons of those things, of those options, and decide which one is best for you. And just try it. You know what? If it doesn't work, it's okay. Try something else. The one thing that I really had to work on myself was perfectionism. I wanted to everything to be perfect all the time. And it kept me in this place of just constantly analyzing and fixing and working through things to where I was never happy and I really didn't accomplish things that I really wanted to because I was trying to be perfect at it. Just get a good foundation and tweak it as you go. And another thing that I had to work through was walking on eggshells for other people or people pleasing. I want you to know that it is okay for you to say no to somebody else. It is okay for you. To say yes to yourself, even if that means saying no to somebody else. Sometimes we have to sit down and have a conversation, come up with a compromise, help people to understand, and sometimes we just need to cut things off. Whatever that is for you today. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to say no to the things that are no longer beneficial for you and the lifestyle you desire to create. 
I encourage you to say no to analysis paralysis and overthinking. I encourage you to say no to yourself. When those shoes pop up on the screen, when you're scrolling through Facebook and you want to click on that ad, say no. If it's not beneficial for you and your financial goals, say no to it. When you're sitting down and you're trying to come up with these goals or you're working through your your fitness routine or you're looking at your money management plan and you're like, okay, how am I going to do this? And those feelings start to arise. Say, no, we're not going to let this take over today. We're going to recognize what's going on. We're going to understand the why behind it. And we're going to come up with a plan to move forward. That is how we work through analysis paralysis. So if you're ready to say good riddance to 2022, good riddance to things that are not beneficial to you and good riddance to analysis paralysis, give me some feedback today. Like, follow, share, comment, review. Share with me how you're going to do this this year. Which step do you need to focus on? The recognizing, the understanding, or the moving forward through it. Maybe it's all. I've had to do that this weekend. Maybe you haven't even started your goals yet. And that's okay. Maybe you have some, but you're not loving them. Next week, I have some information to help come up with these goals that are going to be good and effective goals. Some things are going to work for you and some things are not. And I'm going to give you the pros and cons of all of them to help you decide which ones are going to work best for you. And I'm going to give you some examples of some really good financial goals. So stay tuned for that. And I thank you for listening today. I thank you for your support. And I look forward to even more conversations coming soon. Have a wonderful 2023.